Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sparkin Mini Movie Review, Sparkin's podcast where we talk about new and recent films and give our initial thoughts about the film. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up? Hope all of you are doing well out there in Atlanta and hope things are going good for you. If you want to hear any of our earlier episodes, you can check them out at www.spirekin.com. We're also on youtube.com forward slash Spirekin. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, and various other social media sites. And if you have any questions or comments or concerns, you can email me personally at zan, that's X-A-N at Spirekin.com. And finally, if you enjoy what you hear, support our Patreon to help us create more fun content for you to enjoy. Now that that's out of the way, let's actually get to this because we're here to talk about another superhero film. Yes, that's right. Unless you've been in a cave for the last 40 plus years, the era of the superhero film started with 1989's Tim Burton's Batman starring Michael Keaton. And since then, we've seen ups and downs, lulls with all the different interpretations. We've seen the highs of the MCU and Endgame, and we've seen the lows of Batman and Robin and Suicide Squad. But now we're getting to a point where there may be some oversaturation, but I say... Pick your poison. If there's some series you like, follow those. If there's ones you're not interested in, you don't have to watch it. Watch something else. But we have a new interpretation of one of the most popular superheroes. Yes, that's right. Another Batman. And more importantly, this is not a Batman in the DCEU. This is a Batman that is in his own world. And we're talking about Robert Patterson as Batman in The Batman, directed by Matt Reeves and starring, besides... Robert Patterson, we have Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle, we have Colin Farrell as Oswald Cobblepot, Andy Serkis as Alfred, um, we have Paul Dano as the Riddler, and several other characters, and this is a very different interpretation of these characters than what we've seen. As we're not seeing them as real, the major villains they are, but this is the before they are. This is early level Batman this is when Batman has been around for two years and he's been trying to make an impact on Gotham, which this is a different type of Gotham than we've ever seen. Usually Gotham is either a wonderful metropolis with some crime to a scummy place. This metropolis is close to hell on earth where everything is corrupt and wrong and crime is going on at all times. I would equate this to Mega City 1 in Dread, where it's there's crime is happening all times and the Police are able to get maybe 2% if they're not involved. And with Batman, it's gone up to 4%. And this Batman has been working for two years. And he seems to have not made a dent in the crime because crime has gone up. But he's made an impact where he has terrified the criminal element. They see a signal and they get scared about him. They're looking in shadows for when he'll pop up and attack them. Because he is... A monster. He's the boogeyman to them. And it's really impactful to see this more dark version of it. But that's not what the story's about. The story is a noir film. It's a mystery where a criminal is killing people and leaving cryptic messages and ciphers. And Batman has to solve these mysteries before something truly horrific happens. And he has to solve this with only the help of the one cop that kind of trusts him... Jim Gordon, played by Jeffrey Wright, and an uneasy alliance with someone who may be involved, Selena Kyle. Now, this film is dark, it is gritty, it is very in-depth. There's tons of elements I want to talk about, but I can't. It is a long film with a three-hour runtime. But I must say, it's well-paced. The film 
it goes along. All of it's needed. You could feel that you don't cut it out, but you do feel the length. And everyone does an amazing job with this film. All the actors are on point. Colin Farrell as Penguin is unrecognizable, and he does something very different and fun with this character. I'm excited to see where they go with this version of Penguin. Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle is is new. She is a she feels more in line with the Catwoman from the Long Halloween as opposed to the one from the animated series or the Michelle Pfeiffer version of Catwoman. She's very different. And I like this, that she is someone who's got a mysterious past, and more than that, she has a reason for what she's doing. She's not just a, I'm a thrill seeker having fun. She is doing this for this reason. Then, let's talk about Annie Circus's Alfred. Annie Circus's Alfred is very different. He's not the loving father figure we've had before. He's not the confidant. This is the, I don't know how to raise you so i did the best i could by training you to be the best you could but i think i messed up type of father figure he's not in the film a lot but i would like to see more developed with his character and i do like him he's i want to see more with him jeffrey wright as commission or sorry lieutenant gordon is very different because this gordon is he's a straight cop that's there he's trying his best in this crooked town where Anyone can be crooked. You'd be surprised who is corrupt in this world. And he's trying his best to be there and solve this mystery wall, wondering why the hell am I dealing with this vigilante who's kind of doing the right thing. He's well cast. And again, I want him to surpass Gary Oldman as the quintessential Jim Gordon. But we're going to have to wait and see where that goes. Now let's talk about the one person I haven't talked about, the Riddler, the villain of this piece. And they've done something very different. This is not the Jim Carrey Riddler who's comical and laughing and making weird spastic faces. This is not the 1966 Riddler who's also comical and who kind of Jim Carrey based it off of. No, this Riddler is a serial killer who is kidnapping people, torturing them, and leaving cryptic clues which don't make sense. He is a serial killer and he's disturbing and dark and horrifying. When you finally see his face, it's kind of a letdown because that's not what you expected. But it's the typical, oh, he was just a normal person that was kind of quiet who lived next door type situation where he's so different than what you expect. And his endgame is truly horrific, but it's so calculated to the T that you can't stop but be in awe at his malevolence, his ingenious, and more importantly than that, his just resolve to do these things because it's truly insane the lengths this person has gone to there are scribblings there's ciphers there's tons of little things that i want to go into but i'm not going to he's probably one of the scariest villains in the film adaptations of batman it's him and heath ledger's joker that are the scariest and most intimidating because, yeah, they're threats. Like, uh, Mr. Freeze will freeze you to death. The Joker, who's played by Jack Nicholson, he'll shoot you or he'll zap you or he'll kill you if you're a minion. But there's some levity to that. The Riddler is not a good person. He is. There's nothing redeemable about this individual. If he has his sights on you, expect something horrific and disturbing. So, besides the cast, because there's other characters i want to talk about but i'm not going to talk about because that would spoil a lot in this film 
let's actually go into some of the other elements. Um, like I said, the design quality, it's very dark. There is one scene during the day, the rest is at night. And it even points out the fact that the Batman has become a nocturnal person and the days are blending together and it feels like everything blended together. You get twilight and dusk and then the one time during the day. The rest is just all night. So it's very dark, it's very grimy and it fits this world that's been created in this narrative. The score is amazing. Uh, Michael... uh, Giabatti does a great job with this score. More importantly than that, the usage of Nirvana fits so much because, like I said, this Batman is very different. This is a Batman who's been doing this for two years, and he's still very raw about the death of his parents. So it's very angst-filled and angry and sad. But it's not conveyed. It's not shown. We don't see the Martha Thomas Wayne getting killed for the 15th time. No. It's implied, and it's done well. Just like how in the Spider-Man Homecoming trilogy, we don't see the death of Uncle Ben, but it's implied. Same thing here. We don't see the death. It's implied, and it's done really well. Oh, I cannot believe I almost forgot. The Batmobile is a beast onto itself. It's probably one of the best chase sequences I've seen in a superhero movie in a long time. And just the introduction of it is spine-tingling. So, overall, like I said, I'm going to do a deeper, spoiler-filled dive into this, but this is a great film. One thing I will highlight, though, is this is not a film for children. It is PG-13, but it should have been rated R. If you're under the age of 13, I don't recommend watching this, and it's not me being like, oh, I'm going to gatekeep. It's like, just, it's really disturbing, and they do something very dark with this film. It's not the, oh, it's Batman, he's going to save the day. No, this is akin to the new joker film it's unsettling and i would don't want to stress i want don't want to not stress this enough it says 13 but i'd say 16 and up to see this film that's my personal take on it but you don't have to agree with me if you've seen the batman what are your thoughts let me know email me zanspire.com i know this was a little rambly but i try not to spoil a lot with this film we're going to go into a deep dive for now. So as usual, I am your host, Zan. I am Gonsville. I'll catch you guys next time and keep watching movies. See you later.